Welcome to the podcast of Eden Worship Center. We believe that God has perfectly revealed himself through scripture alone, and that salvation comes by grace alone, from faith alone in Christ alone, and that everything is for the glory of God alone. So as we study God's unchanging, inerrant word together, ask God to open your eyes, to open your eyes to see yourself and your own sin clearly. Open your eyes to see Jesus clearly, and pray that God would give you the grace to repent, to turn from your sin, and the faith to trust in Christ alone for your salvation. If you'd like more information, go to our website at edenworshipcenter.co. Good morning. If you would turn to Romans 12, we'll be reading 3 through 16. Romans 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of the faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith... In, if service, in servicing the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, by associate, but with lowly, but with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning to worship, I pray that we're able to read what you have written here to us, and that by your grace we're able to apply it to our lives, that you would lead us by your Spirit, and grow us in sanctification, Lord. And we pray this morning that you just help the pastor who's bringing this message to be able to speak well and for you to open hearts and minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. What a blessing to be together. Uh, Those of you who are regular here know that We are preaching, teaching verse by verse through the book of Genesis. However, on the last Sunday of the month, we do a little parenthesis that we call follow me, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And today we want to look at what it means to be members one of another in our life together. 
Those of you that are in the business community understand that the difference between department stores is not so much in the purchase, uh, merchandise they offer. It's not even related to their prices, but it's how they treat their customers. You know, the same can be said about churches. Theology is important, but it's how we treat one another that's really important. Those of you that know me know that I'm a great lover of leadership principles and leadership teaching. Uh, John Maxwell has some tremendous stuff. But I think without question, the thing that has stuck with me that he has said more than anything else is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. What does it mean to be members one of another? And Jesus demonstrates that greatness is found in serving. If you keep your finger here in Romans 12, go back with me to Matthew chapter 20. There's a fascinating thing that happens here, beginning in verse 20. As the mother of the sons of Zebedee comes to Jesus, and it's interesting, verse 20, she actually be bows before him. And he says to her, what do you wish? And she said, command that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and one on your left. And he answered and said, verse 22, you don't know what you're asking for. And then it's almost as he's looking at these two disciples and he says, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And they haven't got a clue like most of us. Their response is, we're able. <laughs> Jesus was gracious. He didn't say, you have no idea of the agony and the suffering I'm about to experience. But he says, my cup you will drink, but it's not mine to grant who will sit on my right or my left. That's my father's. But what I want to point out also is look at the reaction in verse 24. And hearing this, the two became indignant with the two brothers. Jesus ends his comments there and says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And yet, isn't it interesting that so much of our culture, even our culture in the church, is surrounded by this mindset, is what has the church done for me today? We become very self-centered and self-focused in all that we do and all that we say. I want to challenge us to tackle some tough questions today. How do we see each other? How do we really feel about each other? How do we treat each other before a watching world? Because I guarantee you, the world is watching. And the way that you and I view people 
And the way we feel about those people is reflected in how we treat those people. I love the, if you'll go back with me to Romans 12, I love the things that are here. Our memory verse for today, it's actually, um, what translation did you take it out of, Matt? I forgot. Maybe, yeah, it's the NIV. I happen to, it, I'm, I'm using the New American Standard. And I always tell people, if you're using the New American Standard and it sounds different from what I read, it's because I can't read. But the NIV says a great thing there. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And as Jason read for us this morning, you look at those first verses 3 through 5. Well, I want to back up. Verses 1 and 2 are in incredible. I love what the Phillips translation says. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. It says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Verse 2, Scripture says, be transformed. And the interesting thing to me is the word that is used there for transformed is the same word that is used in Matthew 17 verse 2 when Jesus takes several of his disciples and he goes up on the mountain and he is transfigured before them. To my knowledge, that's the only two times this word is used in the New Testament. Matthew 17, about the transfiguration of Christ. Here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where it says, be transformed, be transfigured. And we won't take the time to go back to seven, chapter 17 in Matthew, but you know what happens, and you know how overwhelmed Peter, James, and John are, and Peter wants to build three booths there. A lot of interesting things as Elijah and Moses appear. And I often wondered how they knew it was Elijah and Moses. Was Moses carrying his own personal copy of the Ten Commandments? I don't know. I don't think they were wearing name tags. But they knew. Now I have to resist the temptation to uh, dive into that. Let's go back to Romans 12. We're in this together. And not everyone is gifted in the same way. Each of us, verse 3 says, has been given by God a measure of faith. Isn't it glorious that you came this morning with your measure of faith, I came with my measure of faith, and we bring our measures of faith together, glorious things happen. I'm talking far beyond emotions and goosebumps that go, oh, hallelujah. But there's something greater, more profound, that is each of us comes with a measure of faith and we bring them together. And God says, where two or three gather in my name, I'm in the midst. Whether we feel his presence or not, whether we see his presence or not, he is here by his spirit. The creator, God of the universe is with us. My problem is that far too often I get myself up on a Sunday morning and I get through the shower, I 
grab something because I was a little late this morning and I eat a food bar and coffee and I get here, I show up. And to my shame, I forget that I'm coming to meet with brothers and sisters of like precious faith and the creator God of the universe, the father of all creation, who knows me better than I know myself, is going to be here by his word and by his spirit. Shame on me for taking Sunday morning so casually. That wasn't in my notes. That was just free. We need to guard our attitudes towards one another. Guard that pride doesn't take over. We're members one of another. We're joined together for a purpose. I don't know about you, but I, I have to tell you, when Clayton Emmons walked in this morning, did you hear me? He walked in this morning. I had tears in my eyes. Glory to God. We know the struggle that he has gone through. There's something in us as brothers and sisters of like precious faith that when a brother walks in, our spirits rejoice because we know his journey. When one hurts, we all hurt. I love the passage in 1 Corinthians 12. We won't take the time this morning to go all the way through that, but I want to just put it down to, for you to, to really look at that. Verse 18 in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, God has placed in the body, every member. And we're all different. And aren't you glad? That would have been a good time for you to say amen, that we're all different. Just think, if the place was filled with everybody who was just like me, that would be frightening. The same could be said if everybody was here was just like you. Now, if you and I are just like Jesus, then that's glorious. But God in his wisdom and his grace has blessed us with diversity. And Paul says in, in Corinthians, the, the foot can't say to the ear, I don't need you. We need each other. We need to understand that you're here for a reason. You have a unique God-ordained purpose. And you're not here by accident. You're not a part of this church by accident. You may not see a lot happening or you may not feel like you're being used very much, but you're here for a reason. I remember several weeks ago talking with Matt and Angel, and I said, once you know, God brought you here. He knew what was coming in your life. He brought you here so that we could have the privilege of walking with you and loving you and standing with you. We desperately need each other. Kids, have you ever stubbed your toe? When you stubbed your toe, did your whole body know you were in pain? Absolutely. You know, toes are important. You realize that when you kick it against something and it hurts. They're important because they help us to stand. They help us with our posture. 
Do you realize that without toes, you could not really stand and walk in a normal fashion? What about your fingers? Now, you look at my fingers. I remember when I broke my little finger. My other finger, I was a baseball catcher in high school, and uh, my hands show it. Do you know your little finger is one of the most important fingers on your hand? 50% of your grip and your strength is because of your little finger. Now, I almost brought up a hammer and a board and a nail. Have you ever taken a hammer and tried to drive a nail and holding the hammer without using your little finger? Please, if you try this experiment, make sure that nobody is very close to you. Because unless you're a Yoder, you probably can't. Thank you. You did not disappoint at my, my pathetic humor there. But the grip. And I look at our bodies, and what a, what a perfect example of how we need each other. And how easy it is for us in the church to look at different people who are functioning in different capacities and then we look at ourselves and we say, well, that's not very glamorous. That's not very important. But the reality is, if you're not here, some part of our body is missing, and our body will not function normally and properly if you're not doing what God has created you to do. And I think of fingers and toes and what an amazing thing it is. And I think that when I hit my finger with a hammer, which I have done numerous times, excuse me, numerous times, my whole body is aware of the pain. Put that in the context of Romans 12, 1 and 2, not allowing the world to squeeze us into its mold that really doesn't care about the people around us. When we understand that God has placed us, he's placed you here. Those of you who are members, who are regular attenders here, God has placed you here. I have said, I have taught, I have told people over the years, you need to be in the church that you know God has placed you in. Because you can be in the right church, but if you don't know that God has placed you there, you'll never be content and you won't be a real blessing to that church. You've got to know that you're in the place that God has placed you. And I want to say to us this morning, we're not here by accident. We're here by divine appointment. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, God has placed them in the body. God placed you here. Now, it's in God's timing how long you're here. Because we have no guarantees in life. Matt and Danielle just walked 
with a family member through that who stepped into eternity last night. We don't have any guarantees of the breath we're taking now or the next breath that we hope to take. But as long as I am here where God has placed me to be, I want to function for his glory and for the good of the body. Because he's given us all gifts. When you move then into verses 6 through 8, it's an interesting thing that Paul does. He begins to talk about the various gifts and that we need to exercise them according to the grace that God has given us. Many times in these verses in Romans 12 that are outlined here, he calls them, uh, they're referred to as the motivational gifts. What makes you, you? What makes me, me? What motivates us to do what we do? And there's a list of them here. But we'll get to that in just a moment. But here's the fill in the blank for you. Each of us views life through the eyes of our motivational gift. And since we have giftings that different, since we have things that motivate us differently, we're going to look at the same situation and we're going to come away with a different perspective. And I can tell you, that is healthy. It is good. I thank you. Thank God for the men and women who sit on this church's ministry council because we all look at things in a different perspective. We're looking at life. We're looking at our life together and the ministry of this church through the eyes of our motivational gifts. And that's good because it brings us a different perspective. Let me illustrate it to you this way. I remember uh, being in Pensacola, Florida with, uh, at Liberty Church with Pastor Ken Sumrall, who was not related at all to Lester Sumrall from South Bend. And he was talking to me one day and telling me about a particular preacher that he has come. And he says, we need him to come because we, our perspective gets pulled like this and he pulls us back on center. Now, we have to be careful about theology. We're very careful about who we invite into this pulpit. But that being said, to understand that your perspective is different from mine, and these different perspectives, because we are under the grace of God and we are seeking by God's grace to glorify Him, these perspectives help to balance us and help us to keep on center because I'm telling you what, it's easy for me to move. I'm moving to the right because I'm a conservative. But you see, from your perspective, I was moving to the left. So we need each other. There's a list of these motivational gifts. Uh, I will resist the temptation uh, over the years. I don't know how many hours of teaching I put together on this. Some are motivated by prophecy. These are the people, everything is black and white, cut and dry. It's either right or wrong. And you know what? If you don't see things my way, you have a right to be wrong. And then there's the servants' hearts. Praise God for the servants. Let's just get the job done, and let's get it done now. The teachers want to make this practical. Want it to be understandable. 
This is what motivates me. How does this work? I will tell you, from a personal perspective, growing up in church, they told me, live for God, live for God, live for God. The problem was they never told me how. They just told me to do it. Exhortation. You know what? There's so much negative in our world. We just need possible, uh, positive. And these are these people who, it's, it's unreal. No matter what's going on, they got a smile on their face and say, you know what? It could be worse. Let's just give thanks to God that we have life and we've got the possibilities here. When you're having a bad day, aren't those people disgusting? <laughs> By the way, did you know it takes fewer facial muscles for you to smile than it does for you to frown? That's Harold's helpful household hint for today. Giving. Oh, it's a privilege. And you look like people like Barnabas. I, I love Barnabas in the book of Acts. Did you know his name wasn't really Barnabas? That was a nickname. Bible tells us, and Joseph, who was of Cypriot birth, whom the disciples called Barnabas, the son of encouragement, sold a property and came and laid it at the feet of the apostles. It's a privilege to give. There are those who are leaders. Mr. and Mr. Organization, they have a file folder for everything. Now let's get this organized. Now we're going to clean the church. We need a checklist here uh, and we need to fill in the blank. Who's going to be responsible for the upstairs hallway? You know what I'm saying? Mr. and Mrs. Organized. And then there's mercy people. Oh, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. They're the touchy-feely people. You know, if we do this for them, how are these people going to feel? And you know what? That's important. It's important because I'm telling you what, if somebody's hurting, let's just do something. And I need those cautions. Let me give you an example. I'm so blessed to have our brother and sister, Jim and Susie Bontrager, walk in here this morning. You're here by divine appointment to encourage me. This man called me this week. Now, I've learned from Jim when he calls and says, jump, I say, how high? No. But you don't know what that phone call meant to me this, this week because I got communications from people that may or may not be involved with Ukrainian police chaplaincy. Jim's perspective was invaluable because my motivation is, hey, let's just organize something right now. Let's give them the bank. When we see each other Understanding that we are members one of another. Understanding that I'm going to view life, I'm going to view everything through the lens of my motivational gift. Then I realize I need you. Because you're looking at things differently than I do. And you keep me balanced. You keep me safe. You keep me on track. You keep me out of trouble. Can you begin to see, brothers and sisters, when we look at each other this way, which I believe is a biblical way, because I know your heart, your heart is to follow Jesus. 
and to do it right. Your heart is to follow Jesus. We make fun of Chuck because we love him. You know, you only make fun of people in the family that you love. I learned that in police chaplaincy. When, when my officers started making fun of me, I got tears in my eyes, not because I was hurt, but because I knew I was one of them. When we see each other in that light, that you are God's gift to me, because you see things differently than I do. And then life is not all about me, and so I don't get offended. Well, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll eat worms. No, that's not how we live. That's not how we move, because we understand this. It's not like the man who woke up on Sunday morning and said, I'm not going to church. His wife said, you've got to go to church. I'm not going. Nobody there likes me. But you've got to go. Well, nobody listens to what I have to say. But no, you've got to go. You're the pastor. You'd be surprised how many pastors feel that way. I don't think it's true here. My point in all of this is that what Paul is doing here in Romans 12 is he's identifying what these various motivational gifts are, but then he's focusing on the attitude. What's the spirit? And you get down in verses, oh, like 12 and 13 and, and on of that, like that, all of these motivational gifts, how they are to properly function, are outlined in all of these things. And the goal is that there is a full expression of the gifts that God has placed in the body. We want a full expression. And if you aren't walking in the grace and the giftings that God has given you, then this body in this location is not complete. There is something missing. We're members one of another, and it affects our life together. Verses 9 through 13. Love needs to abound. You know, we're, we're really here to take on the cares of one another. But we cast our cares on Jesus. I like what Paul says as he writes to the Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. That's what we do. We bear one another's burdens. But what I need to do personally is I need to cast my burdens on the Lord, 1 Peter 5, 7. And, and what we have is a, is a bit of divine tension here, almost like two sides of the same coin. My perspective is that I'm here for you. But I realize that when it comes to me, first of all, I need to learn to cast my cares on Jesus. I remember years ago, and I'm telling you right now, I did not handle this well. And I later repented and asked for forgiveness. But I didn't handle this well. Now what I said was true, but the way I said it wasn't how it should have been handled. 
We started the church, couple that started the church with us, had a business, a business that was going through a painful, heart-rending bankruptcy. And I remember the day that they looked at the two of us and said, we are here for the body. When is the body going to be here for us? You know what I said? It was true, but I shouldn't have said it this way. I looked at him and I said, welcome to leadership. And they picked up an offense because I didn't handle things well. Praise God, that got resolved. And I repented over my insensitivity because I should have said things better. But it was true. You see, first and foremost, I need to learn, as 1 Peter 5 says, that I cast my cares on Jesus. And I love the word cast there because in the original text, it literally means to roll. Kids, did you ever make a snowman? Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Oh, I liked to, used to like to make a snowman. You know what my problem was? That first one, I'd roll and I'd roll and I'd get to where I wanted it and then I'd start to roll the second one. The problem is my eyes were bigger than my arms and I couldn't pick up the second one to put it on top of the first. That's the sense here. Our cares become so big, we can't pick it up. All we can do is roll it. Now, in the English, it says, cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. I thought of guys fishing, you know. You're casting that bait out there. That's not what it means. It means to roll because it is so big, you cannot carry it. You roll it over onto him. And the glorious thing is we can do it because he cares for us. Matt, thank you for praying the way you prayed this morning over our kids. The government does not know our kids' name. But God says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I was talking with a guy yesterday about this. I said, I can't get my brain around this. There is so much controversy and debate. When does life begin? Does it begin at conception? I almost said deception. That would have been bad. Does it begin at conception? Does it begin at birth? The reality is my brain cannot comprehend this. God says to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. There is something in the glorious wisdom and grace of God that you and I existed in the heart and mind of God before we were ever conceived. When I understand that about me, it changes how I look at you. And the focus isn't just about me and expecting people to meet my needs or expecting God to meet my needs when I want them in the way that I want them. And yet, how often do we live our lives that way? God, where are you? Do you realize that if God never blessed you with another blessing, if he never answered another prayer for you and me, it's enough to know that our sins are forgiven under the blood and that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life? That was another opportunity for you to say amen, and you missed it. But it's true. 
And yet I, I, I confess to you how often I find myself, and I've been walking with the Lord a lot of years. I started to preach when I was 18. By God's grace, I will be 75 in July as a lot of years. And yet I find the alarming thing about myself is that I am controlled by the moment. And I just need to be content remind myself, you know what? The creator God of the universe knows me by name. He knows me better than I know myself. And the things that I know about myself, I don't like, and I'm not going to tell you. But he still loves me. Boy, that changes everything. Love needs to abound. Can I just commend us for some very positive things that are happening here at EWC that we don't talk about very often? Praise God for the new life ministry that's going on. Kathy Heiser's done a lot of work with that. Praise God, these families that just had babies. Did you appreciate the meals that were brought in? You know, that's a little thing. And yet it's huge. It's the body caring for each other. Saturday servants that Chuck's been involved in. Yeah, it's a great time of fellowship, but you have no idea how much it means to people that somebody shows up and does something that you can't do for yourself. You know, you've, you've got guys like me. I talk. I preach. But I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a carpenter. I can drive a nail. It doesn't look very pretty, but I'll get it in. See, you carpenters, you know how to do it. You get a, you get a nail gun. You'll get that Thursday. <laughs> Things that I've seen in the church just in the last month, incredibly encouraging with the way you rallied around David and Wilma when Wilma's sister passed away and the opportunity that we had to serve this family, to serve this community. Things that I saw with Matt and Angel. That's the body of Christ. You gave financially. Some of you took the day off of work so that you could go down there, be at the funeral, and you could help with the dinner. That's the body of Christ functioning together. Do you realize that when the love of Christ is expressed to one another, the devil has a really hard time of gaining a foothold. On the other hand, when it's just about me and what has God done for me lately, what has the church done for me lately? The church is doing everything for everybody else, but what about me? Well, when you fall into that, first of all, you need to learn to cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. But it's so easy to just get this 
self-centered focus. And when that happens, tensions begin to arise, cliques begin to develop, divisions begin to appear, relationships get strained and broken. And it doesn't matter so much what's going on. It doesn't matter so much what the problem was. In fact, it's been amazing over the years as I've sat and talked with people, I said, well, what happened? And they can't remember exactly what happened. What they remember was the interpersonal relationships that got broken. But the actual thing that happened, they didn't. They can't remember. Friday morning in, uh, with my breakfast group, I, I shared this. The grace, and this just became so real to me as I was preparing today. The grace that I extend to others is directly related to my awareness of the grace that God has extended to me. Let me say that again, and I think we have a slide for it, or I thought I had a slide for it. That the grace that we extend to others is directly related to the awareness of the grace that God extended to me. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, If one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members are honored. All members rejoice. We are to rejoice with those who rejoice, who weep with those who weep. Our hearts are to be touched. Let me see if we can't begin to bring this together. The sad reality is that we live in a broken, fallen Genesis 3 world. And the sad reality is that there's not one of us here this morning that's perfect. We mess up. We are all broken people in various stages of being healed by the grace of God. That means, inevitably, we will get things wrong from time to time in spite of our best intentions. It's going to happen. I've heard it said, I pray that it's not true here, but I have heard it said that the church is the only army that shoots its wounded. God, forgive us. If you have your Bible still open and I haven't put you to sleep, turn to Acts chapter 2. This really is a high point. The early church didn't get it all right, but they got a hold of a principle. And it's a principle that we need to seek by God's grace to walk in. Beginning in verse 42. I would just say, this is the starting point. This is not the ultimate goal. This is the starting point for our life together. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. 
verse 44, and all those who believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing it with all as one might have need. Day by day by day by day. And that's a little added emphasis. Continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with the people. And I love this. It's church growth. And the Lord was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. I found myself just really focusing on the last part of that. They were in this sense of awe and wonder. Signs and miracles were taking place. When we are no longer able to recognize the Spirit of God at work and what He's doing among us, inevitably we will begin to focus on ourselves, on our own needs, instead of the needs of others, and the result is almost always division and disaster. Are my needs important? Yes. Are your needs important? Yes. But so often we don't see what God's doing, and we don't talk enough in this church about things that God's doing. These ministries that I, I talked about, the New Life Ministry, the Saturday Servants, the ministry to people who are experiencing loss and heartache, and to see God's people rallying around, not in a social club context, but in a context that these are brothers and sisters of like precious faith that God has joined me with. And even if it seems like the least of us is hurting like my little toe, or whether it is my thumb, or my head, something more visible, I feel that pain. I carry that pain because we're members one in of another. Oh, when we walk together in love, and we've got this sense of awe and wonder that is described here in Acts chapter 2. We're walking together in love before a watching world. People come to faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage us as we close this morning. I want to encourage us to continue to grow. To continue to let the, the Holy Spirit quicken us to the preciousness of one another. I want to encourage us to grow in our sensitive to the, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You know, I realize that, that as I work with critical incident stress management, and, and my, my heart's heavy today, I want you to know, uh, I won't be there, but I know tonight at 6 o'clock in Fort Wayne, there'll be a, a group of my peers who will be sitting down with first responders who are dealing with a heartache of the tragic fire that took place earlier in the, this week 
were several children. They couldn't save them. I pray that God will give us greater sensitivity to each other. One of the things that, that, that we do, I, I sat with two EMTs earlier this week and encouraged them to speak to each other and to say, how are you doing? Have you noticed how we are on Sunday morning? It's so easy for us to get our Sunday morning Jesus smile and we walk in. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. Isn't God good? Amen? You never do that, do you? Get a Jimmy Carter. Okay, I realize that just dates me. Thank you. You know, one of the things I told those EMTs, you check on each other, and when they say, well, I'm doing okay. I said, you look at them and say, are you telling me the truth? To walk with each other in that kind of love. We've got to continue to grow. We've got to begin to develop and mature more. We've got to begin to walk in greater love with one another. We can't just look back and say, well, you know what? We've done pretty good this week, this last month. There's been a lot of stuff going on. We did pretty good. Yes, amen, to the glory of God. But God, by your spirit, do a work in us so that we grow and we do even better at walking together in love and recognizing that each one of us here has been placed here because God put us in this body for a reason and a purpose. So what do we do? Back Romans 12, verse 21. We didn't read this. But we overcome evil with good. Worship team, come and join me. There are so many pressures in our world today that drive us to insensitivity, that drive us to be me-focused, Again, I, I mentioned this several times. I love what the Phillips translation says in Romans 12. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And brothers and sisters, we have to understand that is a constant challenge because there is so much pressure coming from culture. And as the late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole used to say, culture is the culprit. Let me give you some things as families, as couples, to talk about and pray about. Number one, and this is, these are in your bulletin, talk about what it means to extend to grace to each other and why it's so easy for us to focus on ourselves. Take the time, read Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, and then talk about some practical ways that you can live this out. I love what Matt said about taking your bulletin and the prayer focus. We have ours on our kitchen table. And most days I remember to pray for these people and the church of the week. But put it in a place where you don't forget. And you pray. 
You know, when you pray, especially for the church members that are listed this week, it begins to change things. And you may, we try to put their picture in there because we've been growing. That's a wonderful thing. And you, we see each other, but let's see. Do I know your name? You're here. I say that tongue-in-cheek, but it's a problem. But praying over that and you're seeing faces, and you know what? Something will change if you're praying every day this week for those people from our church that are in the Broughton. It's glorious. And then last but not least, this is certainly important. Would you send a note of encouragement? Take the effort, send an email, send a note, send a text to at least one person on that list this week to let them know that you're praying for them and that you're glad that God has placed them in our body. Stand together with me. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you for the grace that you have extended to us. We talk about it, and yet we so often miss it because we forget the grace that you extended to us. Lord, remind us of that grace, and then through that, empower us with hearts motivated by love to extend grace to one another. Knowing that each one of us is going to view life, going to view circumstances, going to view the life of the church through their eyes of their motivational gift. And remind us that we are each placed here by you and that we are your gift to one another. Let us reflect your light and your love for the world in how we love one another, how we walk together, how we function as members one of another. Be glorified in and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining our podcast. We pray that God would bless you and strengthen you through his word. If you'd like to find out more about EWC or give tithes and offerings in support of this ministry, visit our website at edenworshipcenter.co.